Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Uh, that I'm a nervous person. It's just part of who I am. So uh, if I were to start the message right now, it would go horrible. So I'm totally going to do something that is not church-related at all. All right, so I'm going to tell you the absolute worst joke that has ever been told. Full disclosure, you know, I, so I'll tell, tell, tell you a little more history, but, I, you know, I was in ministry for a long time. And uh, I, had a, I, I did have a youth group, and when I found out that I was going to be speaking today, I hit up my old prayer line, and I was like, hey, remember how y'all used to pray for me? Yeah, we'll start up again. <laughs> I was like, because this is going to take a whole lot of prayer. And uh, so one of my friends goes, you're not going to tell the worst joke in the whole world, are you? I was like, of course I'm going to tell the worst joke in the entire world. So if this is ending up on the podcast, John, I'm telling this joke. Uh, <laughs> all right, so there's this guy, okay, and he's got this, and, and, and he decides one day that he wants to build a house. And, oh. Also, if you've heard the joke before, seriously, shut your mouth, okay? All right, so this guy, he, like, he like wants to build a house, and he draws out his plan. He's like, no, I don't like these plans, and he crumbles them up, he throws them away, and he draws another set of plans. He's like, I don't like these plans. He crumbles them up, and he throws them away, and finally, he gets the perfect plans, okay? So he's got the perfect plans, and he goes to the brickyard because he needs 99 bricks. Not 100 bricks, not 101 bricks, not 98 bricks. He needs exactly 99 bricks. So he says to the guy, give me my 99 bricks. He goes, can't do it. He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, I only sell him lots of 100. And so they argue back and forth. He's like, I don't want 100. I want 99. So the guy's like, tough. You got to deal with it. So he's like, fine. He buys 100 bricks, wastes money on one brick. And with today's inflation, that's a whole lot of money. So, so he gets that one brick, and he takes it. He's done building his house. He's looking at it. And you know what he does? He throws it up in the air as high as he can. That's it. I told you it was the worst joke in the world. <laughs> see? See, he gets it. He laughs. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. All right, I do have one better one, though. I got, I got a better one. I got better. All right. So there's this lady, right? She decides to take a vacation. And, uh, but she's got this pet duck. And you can't bring a duck to a kennel, right? They're not going to take care of a duck. There's dogs everywhere. You know, duck will get hurt. So the lady's like, all right, I got to take a duck. So she takes a duck on vacation with her or whatever this trip is, right? And so she's got the duck on the plane. Don't ask me why she's got the duck on the plane. She just does. She has it on the plane with her, all right? And the duck is like, oh my goodness, I'm flying, but I'm not flying. How am I flying? Look at the thing. I see clouds. I'm flying. I'm not flying. And the duck is just going crazy. It's quacking. It's flapping its wings. There's feathers absolutely everywhere. And the guy next to her is like, man, this is so stressful. So he's like, I got I to gotta chill. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to some tunes. And he's like, man, I forgot my AirPods. So he pulls out his phone and he like turns on some, what's some chill music? Give me some chill music. Lo-fi. So who? Lo- lo- okay, lo-fi. He's like, so he's got some like lo-fi, right? And so he's like, he's like, all right. So he just takes his iPhone. He puts it on as loud as he can. And if you've, if you've seen the new iPhones, they get pretty loud. And he sticks it right next to his ear. So you've got this duck going crazy. You've got this guy blasting some music that I've never heard before because I'm old. And like, you know, and it's, and everything's just going crazy. It's just absolute chaos and pandemonium. So you know what? So the guy's like, man, or the lady's like, man, I can't take this anymore. So she opens the window. Don't ask me why she can open the window. She just can't. So she opens the window. She grabs the guy's phone and she throws it out the, out the, out the airplane, right? And so this guy's like, are you kidding me? So he grabs her duck. You know what he does? He throws the duck out the window of the airplane. So this woman's like, oh my goodness, my duck, my duck. And she runs to the window and she looks out there and you know what's sitting on the wing of the airplane? The brick. 
<laughs> Let it set in. Let it settle in. I told you, worst joke of the world. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Glenn. Uh, Glenn Roth. I'm Kaylee and Jelena's dad, so uh, all the embarrassment goes to them tonight. Uh, uh, Pastor, um, Pastor Brandon sometimes calls me Pastor Glenn. That's because I was in youth ministry uh, for 15 years, but I was a youth director for, for the last 10 of those 15 years, so I've got some ministry experience. Um, you know, it's a, a more of an honorary title. I do not have a Bible degree. I was never ordained, so um, that's why you've probably heard me say, you don't have to call me Pastor Glenn. What's up? Raise the mic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I also don't like holding on to mics, but... Uh, so, so, he kinda, so, so they do me the honor of sometimes calling me Pastor Glenn, so that's why sometimes you hear the name thrown around. I do prefer uh, just calling me Glenn. Mr. Rolf just makes me feel old. I know I've got the gray beard, but come on now. And um, so, yeah, I was a youth director for 10 years. Uh, you know, um, I found out that, uh, that while I was putting the message together for tonight that I have a creative process that I never realized that I had. And it takes over 48 hours to put a message, like put, put a good message together. So next time Pastor Brandon decides to get COVID, he's got to give me 48 hours notice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like I said, I also, I did activate my old prayer line. So um, Brad, you can expect probably like one extra hit on the podcast this week. <laughs> uh, so just, uh, just to get to know me a little bit, uh, I'm also, so by, like I told you, I wasn't um, educated uh, I don't have a Bible degree or anything. I'm an engineer by trade. I have an engineering degree from Stony Brook University. Nobody knows what it is. Yay, that's because it's in New York. Uh, I was born and raised in New York, about 30 minutes north of Manhattan. Uh, I, we moved here about four and a half years ago. Been coming to the church probably about, what, a year and a half now, girls? Yeah, probably about a year and a half now. And uh, I've been hanging out with the youth group probably about for a year. And uh, you've probably seen me in the back, and you're like, who's this weirdo? Um, I usually sit by the door just because i got to get my dad on, which is really just keep an eye on everything and, you know, see who's coming and going and, you know, just act like the unofficial fake security. And honestly, what's that going to do? Probably nothing. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, you know, being, in, uh, being a trained engineer, I got to learn some cool stuff. You know, I'm a science geek. You know, I, I like I like to understand how things work. I worked as a repair engineer for a while, and it was really interesting to see how that kind of affected how um, I read the Bible and how I read Scripture, because I like to understand how things work. So like when to understand, so when you're learning how to fix something, you got to understand how it broke, and to understand why it broke, you got to understand how it tended, you know, and first intended to work. So I usually find myself, you know, in my personal Bible study, reading something later in the Scriptures and going back to Genesis and saying, how does this fit in? You know, because I like to under, understand stuff like that. So like I said, just little, little things so, so uh, you get to know me. But the most important thing is, man, I'm going to warn you, I get emotional. So I'm going to get up here and I might get a little choked up. And I might, get a little bit, I might have to get a hold of myself. You know, it just happens sometimes. So I apologize if all of a sudden you see me go, mm, and there's like a tear that comes down or something <laughs> like that, you know. So it, it happens. I'm just giving you uh, a little warning. And the last thing I wanted to share about is kind of like why I got into youth ministry to begin with. I know this is like the cliff notes on Glenn's life. <laughs> so, you know, I got into youth ministry because, quick, super shortest testimony ever, I got into some bad stuff. Done. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I got older, I said, you know what, um, I'm pretty sure that I can stop some kids from going through the same hardship that I went through. I'm pretty sure that I can help someone through the situations that I went through. So, um, 
I'm going to just kind of hit some points tonight as I'm going through the message, just, you know, and uh, I'm not going to give my testimony, but there's nothing that any of you have gone through or are going through or may go through in the future that can surprise me. Same thing with Pastor Brandon. We've been, we're, we've both been in ministry for too long and there's always going to be an answer in scripture to handle that situation. And so my personal, re- I warned you. <laughs> so my personal reason was, if I can, if anything that I can do can stop you going from going through some of the hurt that I went through, I want to make sure that it's put out there. Amen? Okay, done. <clears throat> All right. So what would a good youth message be without a recap from last week? All right. So there's two parts from Ephesians, correct? The first part and the second part. The first part was? Identity in Christ. Identity in Christ. Next one, not from leader. Second part. <laughs> oh, we don't remember. It was kind of like a, it was like a Bible school word, Bible school term. Christian practice. How to practice being a Christian. You know, I never understood, you know, it's like a doctor's office. They call it a practice. I don't want my doctor practicing on me. Well, I, anyway. Went a little off topic there. So Christian practice, how to walk the Christian life. So bonus, what were the five things that Paul said? These were the five points from last week's message. Oh, who's got a notebook and has it written down? Anybody? Oh, we got one. Uh, do you want me to read all of them? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Jesus is the standard. Purity Correct. Priority. Correct. Every day should count. Yep. Correct. Good job. So, so I know this is getting re- Thank you. So I had a different four, and I'm going to read them over again for the sake of anybody who's listening in the future. Um, number one, Jesus is the standard. Two, purity is a priority. Three, every day should count. Now, I might have gotten this wrong. I listened to the recording. For, uh, the, uh, the real of being filled beats self-medication. And five... Uh, how we sort relationships matters to God. And I kind of go over that right now because um, I'm going to be going over the, the, the next and last chapter of Ephesians with you, and it kind of starts off with, uh, a, um, with two topics that kind of go more with last week's message than this week's message. So let's pray one more time. So dear Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this time, Lord. I just pray that as your word gets sounded that you would be in it. And we delivered how you want delivered in Jesus. Let me pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so let us all flip to Ephesians 6. I'm going to use my phone because I want to use New King James Version. I couldn't find my New King James Version Bible. Okay. Give me an amen when you get there. You can just scream it out. That wasn't loud enough. <laughs> Come on. Participation points. Amen. Yes. There we go. All right, Ephesians 6, starting at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Sorry, I know Pastor Brandon kind of memorizes his stuff. I got to write it down. So this is talking about a relationship between parents and children, right? Which kind of fit into the, the last 
point from last week's message, right, which was how we steward relationships matters to God. This one in particular was so important that God gave it a reward. If you honor your parents, you will have a long life and you will be prosperous. I don't know. That's pretty awesome. My mom, if I, I wish I knew that when last time I spoke back to my mom, I didn't want to clean my room. You know, <laughs> but uh, so far so good on the long life thing. But um, you know, it was that important. And I know that, like you know, when we say, "Oh, honor your honor your father and mother," that you know, um, sometimes it can be hard. And I understand families can be dysfunctional. You know, when I talk about my you know, my, my upbringing and my testimony, I came from a pretty dysfunctional family, you know, um, you know, real quick, uh, my, my dad was a, uh, was a casualty of the opioid, opioid epidemic that started back in the 90s. So I understand what it's like to, 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 to read a verse like this, and it says, honor your father and mother, and not be able to relate to it. So, but what I really, really like about how Paul handled this is he's just like, hey, honor your father and mother, mother, oh, mother, mother, <laughs> but hey, parents, fathers, don't provoke your kids. Be good to them. So he hits it on both sides. He says he, he hits the, the kids and the adults. And I really like how he covered his bases on that one. So going on to verse, uh, verses 5 through 9. Uh, this is called Bond Servants and Masters. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord, and not to men, knowing that whatever good does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whatever, uh, whether he is a slave or free. And you, masters, do the same thing to them. Give up, I'm sorry, to them. Give up threatening knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. So again, this is just another section that falls under, um, you know, how we store our relationships matters to God. So a bond servant was someone who uh, was working to pay off a debt. So like, let's say um, the church says, all right, well, we're going to give you money to go on the retreat, but you got to, you know, work at the church to work that off that debt or something like that. That would be a bond servant. You would be in debt to the church because, you know, they gave you the money for the retreat. You went, and now you owe the money, so you got to work X amount of hours to pay back that 275 Luckily, they offer scholarships. You don't have to pay that back. You know, but that's what a bond servant was, someone who had to pay back a debt. Or it even mentioned slaves because, you know, slaves, there was no hope for them. They were just working for their, for, the, for their master, you know, at the time. And so it says that, you know, while you're doing this work, you might not be happy, but do it like you're doing it to God, for God. You know, it, it addresses that relationship again where, you know, you, um, it addresses the relationship where, you know, you might, where your life is an example. You know, you, you have to do whatever work that you're doing, like it, just like you're doing it for God, because your life's an example and you're living for God. And I also, and again, just like he did with the parents, he goes back and says, Masters, guess what? You're not off the hook either because you have to be good to your people. So he says, all right, servants, you got to do your thing, but masters, you're not off the hook because if you're not good to your people, God's taking account of that. And so I kind of wanted to hit those quickly before we started the bulk of the message because, A, they were in the last chapter, B, they're important enough to be there, and C, they kind of fit into uh, last week's, uh, they fit into last week's message uh, a little better than they fit into this week. So I've got a quick video to intro this week's message.
armor sequence. I'm on station. Executing full armor sequence. Breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. Shoes of peace. Shoes of peace. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. Full armor sequence complete. And the sword of the spirit. I'll take the tunnel back. <laughs> so I couldn't help myself. That was so like gloriously cheesy. And it was like straight out of 95. It was like, man, it felt like I was watching the Christian Power Rangers. It was like. <laughs> I said it to Pastor Brandon. I was like, man, I've had this stuck in my head all day. And he's like, oh, you have to use that. And so I was like, deal. I got permission. Man, 90s were a wild time. <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so uh, as you can tell, today's message is about the, uh, the armor of God. Yes. So let's go to Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10, and we're going to take that through verse 20. <laughs> Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all of this to stand. Stand, there, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, uh, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, uh, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. And for me, that, utter, uh, that utterances may be given to me, that I may open my mouth, uh, my mouth bodily to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, uh, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak so I, I, I like how he starts this off because, you know, when you go in through Ephesians, he does talk about spiritual things. And, uh, but he's just like, and finally, brethren, and then he's like, dun, 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 dun. Does anybody watch Deal or No Deal? Has anybody ever seen that? Yes. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like when they're about to like, Deal or No Deal, and they play the music and then like, the lights go down. It's like, listen, sometimes when you're like reading scripture, you got to make it like entertaining to your own brain. And, and, like, so for me, like, you know, when I'm reading about, like, Ezekiel and the dry bones, it's like, you know, Goku going Super Saiyan and stuff just flying around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I got to keep things interesting to myself. So, so for me, it's just like, he, the, you know, the first part, like we said, the first part, he's talking about identity in Christ. And then in the second part of Ephesians, he's talking about Christian practice. And then all of a sudden we get to the armor of God and it's like, the light's dim. <laughs> and he gets, like, all serious and he's like, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. And he starts talking about, and he's like, you got to put on the armor of God. And they're like, okay, um, totally down, but we're not soldiers. But okay, tell me what it is. We'll listen. You know, and he's like, uh, he, goes, he goes, we don't, then he keeps going. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, powers, uh, 
and the rulers of the darkness of the age. And so what he's talking about is, he, he talks about hosts of demons. And he's, and he's basically saying, this is what's going on in, you know, in the spiritual realm. Because, see, the Christians at the time, they were used to being uh, persecuted, right? So they're, they're used to getting beat up. They're used to getting talked bad about. They, they, are, they, they know that when they have their meetings, that, you know, that they, they can be arrested at any moment. Paul, as he's writing this, is in jail. That's why the last part when he says, I'm a bondservant in chains. He was writing it from jail to the people at Ephesus, right? So, so they're used to physical persecution. But he's saying, all right, well, this is what's happening, but what's happening on, in the spirit is this. There is a battle going on for your soul. He goes, and we don't fight against flesh and blood. Yes, we're getting, we're getting beat up daily, but we don't fight against flesh and blood. We, we are fighting. Our fight is spiritual. And so he goes on and he goes on to, uh, to, to lay out different parts of an armor. And so Paul was a Roman citizen. So when he's talking about the armor of God, it's, it's not the Bible man armor. I hate to break it to you. Kind of wish it was. But um, if you've actually seen Bible Man, his sword is more of a lightsaber, and that's totally inaccurate. <laughs> we got a Bible Man fan. Um, yeah, so, so, uh, but, but the, the armor he talks about is the armor from a Roman soldier. And um, so what we're going to do for the rest of tonight is we're going to go through each piece, and I'm going to kind of explain what the point of each one was. And there's also a point from reading New King James Version, even though it's not my favorite because my brain doesn't kind of process all the old style words like supplications and whatnot. But there was some really important stuff when talking about the actual pieces that I liked how it was phrased in New King James. So, the belt of truth. So the soldiers, um, you know, wore a tunic. A tunic is just like a, a long shirt that kind of turns into a dress. So yes, Roman soldiers, soldiers wore dresses. <laughs> and and, and the, uh, belt, the belt was like... Um, you know, it just it kind of went around their waist, and it's what kind of held their armor together. And um, while I've never worn a Roman belt, I can I want I can tell you about a belt of lies, and I bought it at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, uh, I you know it was we were, we were talking we we're going back uh, come back with me to like 2021, and uh, I needed a belt because man pandemic was not good to my waistline. Okay, so I, I and I'm up there and I'm and I'm seeing these belts and I'm like, oh, it's a stretchy leather belt. They say this is great for the for the husky among us, and I was like, I'm gonna buy this stretchy belt, and it was also a reversible belt. I'm like, what? It's a brown belt and a black belt. Win, dad budget met, right? So I'm like, I'm like so excited right now. This belt is the stuff. So at the time, I was working as a manufacturing line engineer, and I'm out on the floor. And when I say I'm out on the floor, that means you've got a good six to eight minute walk back to your desk because this is a pretty big manufacturing facility, right? So I'm on the line and I'm, I've, I've got all my like tools on and I'm like elbow deep in a machine and then all of a sudden I hear pop and I'm like, what was that? And I feel something loosen and I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And I caught my pants as they were probably like half, half bum. And it was kind of funny because, you know, it's like Pastor Brendan last week talked about pantsing his friend in youth group. And uh, here I am talking about my belt of lies pantsing me. So, I mean, we gotta, we got to change topics. Uh, but uh, so this belt lied to me. I put it on that morning. It said, I will hold your pants up. And it did not meet its obligation. And so I, you know, 
long story short, I, I, I grabbed my belt, and, as my, and my outfit was falling apart as I made this long, embarrassing walk from my manufacturing line back to my desk. Luckily, I have a lot of friends there, and somebody found a piece of rope and brought it to my desk, and I, I tied up my pants with a piece of rope, and we were all good for the rest of the day. <laughs> but uh, the belt of truth is what holds everything together. It's what held the Roman soldier's armor together. And for us, if when we take that and we see how does that apply spiritually, the belt, the belt of truth <clears throat> that holds our spiritual armor together is simply spending time in God's word and applying it to our lives. So we need to put our belt of truth on every day. You know, we talk about this so often. You know, you, gotta, you have to have your, uh, you have to have your, your daily time with God. And when we talk about tightening your belt, that means spending more time. Like if you're going through something and you're feeling like you're getting beat, tighten your belt. Tighten that belt of truth. That just means, hey, maybe you need to spend an extra five minutes, extra 10 minutes. Maybe you need to get to that place that God wants you at so that you can face whatever it is that's coming against you. So that's, so number one, it's the belt of truth. And that's your, uh, your daily time with God. So number two is the breath, breastplate of righteousness. So this went over the torso uh, of, the, of the soldier. Um, it protected most of the vital organs. But if it went here, what is it protecting most? The heart, correct. So the, the, the one that it was most important for was protecting the heart. So spiritually speaking... If we're talking about righteousness, whose righteousness are we talking about? Bingo, we're talking about God's righteousness. Because if we check out Isaiah 64, 6, it says, but we are all an unclean thing and all our, righteousness, all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like wind have taken us away. Part I wanted to, I pulled this up for was, and our righteousnesses are like the filthy rags. This is talking about what we do on our own. See, if, if, see, see we, we fail so many times uh, because we're, when, you know, when, when, the, when the attacks come, we don't guard ourselves. We don't guard our hearts. You know, we, we, uh, we, try, to, we, we try to face these things ourselves. And as you can see, if righteousness is a breastplate that guards our heart, we, when we try to stand on our own strength, it doesn't work. So the righteousness of the breastplate of righteousness is Jesus' perfect righteousness from a right life that, 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 that he lived. It's, it's, made available, it's made available to us through his, his death on the cross and his resurrection. So, you know, yesterday when, um, uh, you know, I was, I was at, I was working from home because I got a new job, I'm not a manufacturing engineer anymore. Um, but I was sitting at my desk and the message came through from Pastor Brandon to all the leaders. And he's like, he's like, you know, I, I got the COVID. Who wants to speak? And I was like, so I waited a little while. And I'm like, do I want to do this? I ha- it's been a really long time. I'm not sure if I want to. And, uh, and I, I, I took a little bit to get back to him. And finally sent him a message outside the group chat. And I was like, listen, I was like, if, if one of the younger leaders wants to have a chance to speak, I was like, I want them to speak more than myself. It's like I did this for 10 years. I don't need another message under my belt. I was like, so if somebody else wants it, absolutely let them, let them have the time. And he was just like, well, he was like, I made one other call, but I don't think they're available. So he messaged me back 10 minutes later. He's like, yep, you're up. All right, you're going to do great. 
and I'm like, oh, great, awesome. And so I like immediately start, I immediately start studying, and man, it was like blank, mine, completely blank. It's like, oh yeah, I told you I was a youth, uh, I was youth, I was in youth ministry for ten years. It was like I had never read the Bible before, <laughs> you know. And I'm going to be honest with you, when when I was when I was in ministry and that was what I was doing, I was so diligent. I had a schedule. I was, you know. I knew I, I had a time when I was going to read. I had a time when I was going to study. I had, I, you know, I, I, I had everything lined out. And I haven't, I haven't been in youth ministry for six and a half years in an active role. And so, like I said, I'll always be honest. And honestly, I, I do read my Bible, but I do not read it with the dedication that I did when I was in ministry. And so I'm, si- so I'm sitting there, and I'm reading this, and I get into the breastplate of righteousness, and, then, and, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm so, like lost. I'm like, Lord, this was a terrible idea. And I was totally about to message Pastor Brandon and say, I'm not doing it. You're going to have to find someone else. And then that story of him popped in the back of my head when he called in. And I was like, for the first message that he was ever going to preach, I'm like, man, this is the first message I was going to give here. I was like, I can't do it. I have to do this. And then I realized that as I'm putting this message together, I'm totally trying to do it in my own strength. You know, I found this example online and I was going to totally ask somebody else to do this, but I'll totally do it. So other places, in the, other places in the Bible, it talks about how uh, righteousness is worn like a robe, right? So this is, this is my bathrobe. It's clean, I swear. <laughs> so this is my bathrobe. This is not how I was working from home yesterday. <laughs> All right. and, but if this bathrobe represents my righteousness, because the Bible does say multiple locations that put on righteousness like a robe where it's worn like a robe, I was wearing it like this. Am I protected? No. No, I'm not protected in the slightest. Every single attack, every single thing that, I was, that, that, that started hitting me the minute I agreed to do this message was just going straight into me. I was, I was, I was doubting myself. I was like doubting if I was supposed to be here. You know, I was under total attack, complete attack. And then I realized something else. Not only do you put it on, but you have to you have to tighten the belt. So now my hands see, see now my hands are free to hold this microphone. <laughs> so when you're getting so, so just with these two, just the first two items of the armor of God, when you are getting attacked, you tighten your belt so that it holds on Jesus's righteousness over you. See, when you're getting attacked, you know, the enemy is going to say stuff at you like, why are you praying? God doesn't listen to people like you. He's going to say stuff like, you know what you did three years ago? You know, for me, it's like, listen, I, I, I've, been, I've been, like, I came back to, to my faith in, in college. You know, it's been over, gosh, it's been almost 20, 30 years now. <laughs> That's a long time. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, he rem- I get reminded of things that I did in high school, and I'm like, gosh, I feel so horrible about that. And, you know, but it's, it's all under the blood of Jesus, you know, or, or like things like, remember what you did to this person, remember what you did with that person, you know, and and these, these attacks come. And if we, if we're not guarding our hearts, they'll take root. But when this happens, Christ's perfect righteousness answers the enemy. It says, Glenn is covered by the, by the blood and perfect righteousness and you have no authority here. And those attacks, they just bounce off. 
and they can't take hold in you, and they can't take hold in your life. And that's just the importance of just the first two items. Amen? Yeah, amen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the first, so the third one is feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And this is actually why I used, uh, <clears throat> why I used New King James Version, because I like how it phrases that. Uh, it doesn't just call it the shoes of peace, which some, which some versions do. So the, the, the shoes that they're talking about on the Roman soldiers were uh, sandals. Okay, so they were like, um, so, that, so they were sandals, but they had really thick soles and they kind of laced up. They had protection around the ankles, which protected your ankles from attacks, but, you know, also gave, gave them extra support. Um, and they would drive nails down through the, the bottom of the sole, so it was kind of like cleats. Do you have any soccer players in the room? Anybody play? Nobody plays soccer? Oh, we got one soccer, two, two soccer players. All right. Well, okay, nobody in like the middle school, high school age. Well, anyway, when um, I used to, I, I, you know, I, I used to play soccer years ago, and um, so we used to play indoor soccer, and we used to play it outdoor with cleats. And so one time I forgot my cleats, and I only had my indoor flats. And if you've ever tried to play outside with indoor flats, it is a horrible idea. You just slide everywhere. I mean, I can't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I did a split. You know, it was, it, was, it was horrible. And I can't do splits normally, people. This was a serious incident. <laughs> but, uh, but so that's what they did. They would, they would drive these nails down through it so that they would get extra traction. Right? Um, Sorry, sorry about that. So yeah, so they would drive it down so they get extra traction. But there was actually three verses that I kind of want to talk about because it's, again, the, the name of this isn't just feet or sandals. It's sh feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So let's look at Romans 5.1. Did I get the right one? Okay, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So with our faith, we make peace with God. So that's the first part. Second part is Psalms 40, verse 2. He also brought me up onto out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, to be set my feet upon a rock and establish my steps. So our faith in Christ gives us peace and he puts our feet on solid ground. And Matthew 28, 19 through 20 tells us why. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we, we are commanded, teaching them to deserve things and have commanded you. And I'm with you always, even in the age. Amen. <laughs> so, so we're also told to go. But I, the reason I like the New King James Version was the preparation of the gospel of peace. You have to be prepared. You have to prepare yourself. So the, if the belt of truth is your daily Bible reading, you're, what are you doing? You're preparing yourself. You're prepared to go. He, and he doesn't just say go. He says, I'm going to put you on a firm foundation the sandals with the spikes, and since your feet are prepared, you're not just called to stand, which can be misleading because it says doing everything we can to stand, but it's also to go. It's to be prepared 
to go. Amen? Okay. Number four was the shield of faith. So the, this wasn't like, uh, I, know if, I know we've got some Bible man scholars in the room, but, <laughs> but Bible man had this little circular, uh, a little circular shield, and uh, that's not what the shield is talking about here. So the Roman shield was actually probably almost as tall, if not, probably not taller, but almost as tall as a soldier, and it was made of really, really, really thick leather. And... Um, if we go back to the verse, it says that it'll, it's used to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. So the reason that's significant is because these soldiers would take it and they would, they would uh, put it down into water and it would suck up all the water. And so when they went into battle and they had flaming arrows shot at them, the water in the shield would actually put the arrow out. Pretty smart, right? I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway, also if you watch some of the old movies about like these Roman soldiers, what they would do is they would put them together in like a row and then they put them up on like an angle and they would make this huge wall so you had this huge impenetrable wall that could also put out flaming arrows i don't know i thought that part was cool that has absolutely nothing to do with this i just thought it was pretty sweet <laughs> but why fiery darts because if they're not extinguished they'll spread so for me when i was reading this first thing that came it was like the doubts you know or dark thoughts or hatred, or envy, or guilt. You know, the, the, the things that, like, when, when you're just sitting there minding your own business, you're just, it's like, feel bad about this. And, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty nervous, sometimes anxious person. And so I'll, I'll remember something from 20 years ago and feel bad about it. You know, something happened in middle school, and I'll feel bad about it. That's a fiery dart of the enemy. That's something that I have to remember to put up my shield of faith. So let's read Romans 10, 17. So how do we put up our shield of faith? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, this is, what's, this is going to go hand in hand with the helmet of salvation. And, um, but you have to hear the word, not just listen. Does anybody know listen, the difference between listening and hearing? Who would tell me? Want some? Sure. All right. So hearing something is different from listening because when you're listening, you're actually like absorbing it and taking it in, I would think. And then just hearing it is kind of just like, I mean, you're not deaf. And so you're hearing the words, but you're not really internalizing it. Yeah. Correct. Uh, it's, that is the correct thought. It's just that the, the words were different in this version, but you're right. In different versions, it's the other way around. Yeah, it's the other way around, so you're right. One is hearing and processing, and the other one is letting it go in and out. Your mom tells you to clean the room. It goes in and out. I do that all the time with my wife. She gets really mad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have to hear it, and you have to process it. So the fifth item is the helmet of salvation. So what does a helmet do? It protects your head. That's how I heard. Yes, that is good. Very smart. It protects your head because that is going to be like one of the biggest targets. I mean, if you're, if you're going to try to like take someone out, you're going to go for their heart or you're going to go for their head, right? And um, so if, if the enemy can get a hold of your mind, 
Listen, he can direct you wherever it is that he wants you to go. Not where you want to go and not where God wants you to go. Anybody go horseback riding? Yeah? How do you get the horse to move? Anybody? With what? With your feet, but how else? By yelling at it. But I hear I heard someone saying reins over here. But what is what is the rain what does the rain do? Yes, it directs their head. So if, if the enemy can, can direct our minds, he directs where we go, just like when you're on a horse. You ever go to, uh, like I said, I grew up in New York, and so when you would go to the city, they always had you know, horse-drawn carriages in the middle of New York, which is weird, because why do they keep the horses? They don't have apartments. It's just strange. But anyway, so, they, so they've, but the horses wore blinders, you know, because there were so many people around, they didn't want the horses getting spooked. Well, how did the horse know where to go? The horse just knew that if it got kicked, it needed to go, and then... Wherever its head was directed was where it went. So if the enemy can control your mind, he controls where you go, which is why it's so important, why the helmet of salvation is so important. So we put the helmet of salvation on by yielding to the mind of Christ and asking for the mind of Christ and to think God's thoughts. So we have to feed our mind with the Word of God intentionally. We have to read the Bible, listen to the Bible, listen to sermons, any chance you get to, to, to put something else in your brain that would, or, or put God in your brain. You know, maybe, maybe you know, reading, you know, you have a hard time reading. Uh, well, I'm sorry, maybe you have a hard time spending, finding time or spending time in the Word. Listen to your favorite preacher. You know, I, I, one of my, I have a, I have a friend who, um, he's out of Louisiana, and uh, you know, whenever I get a chance or, you know, I need to, I'm doing something monotonous and I need to just, and I need to kind of just take my attention off of what I'm doing so I can just power through it, but listen to something else, I always put him on in the background because I know that, you know, I know that I'm getting the word of God when I'm listening to him, amen? So the only way to reprogram our minds is to put God's word in it continually, And finally, there was the, the sword of the spirit. Uh, so this was a, a, a double-edged short sword. It was meant to be quick. Um, it's actually why the Roman soldiers were so effective as soldiers. It, you know, the, the, uh, it was probably about that big. Super sharp point. It was made more than slashing like some swords were. This one was made to like poke. It was made for stabbing. That was, that was the whole point of this thing. So it was very sharp, it was very quick, and it was very deadly. And it was the main, if not one of the only offensive weapons that was specifically offensive. And what this, was, what, what this is in the armor of God is, is memorizing God's word. So that when those attacks come, you have something in your arsenal to fight back. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, uh, Job 31, gentlemen, I have made a covenant with my eyes. I will not look at a young woman lustfully. James 4.8, come near to God and he will come near to you. See, I brought this raggedy old Bible with me today. Because for, for, for me personally, this is my teddy bear. <laughs> this was my first Bible. You know, part of my testimony is that when I was younger, I was mercilessly made fun of and bullied. Mercilessly. So, 
I didn't really know much about the Bible other than, uh, you know, what I learned in Sunday school. But I knew I had this thing, and I knew there was, I kept learning that there was interesting and important stuff in here. And so I was flipping around it and highlighted right here and circled. Fourth grade Glenn wrote, circled, they have greatly oppressed, oppressed me from my youth. Let Israel say they have greatly oppressed me from my youth. But they have not gained victory over me. It's so easy. It's so easy to say, oh, here Pastor Brandon goes again, telling us to read our word. Oh, Glenn's up there now. First time we're ever hearing from this guy, I think. Guess what his message is? Oh man, get back in the word. <laughs> you know, it's not by chance that that's one of the main things that Pastor Brandon speaks on. It's not by chance that, that I get a message here. And if you look at all of the pieces of the armor of God, get in the word. Pray, get in the word. Get covered by righteousness. Get in the word. Be prepared by the word. By the way, memorize the word. Has anybody caught that common theme? That's the entire, that's the entire spiritual arsenal. The entire, all of the armor, all of the weapons, it's the word of God. You know, it says, it, it, you know, it, it says, uh, Matthew, probably Matthew. If I'm wrong, I'm going to hear about this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John, thank you. See, just, I'm glad I got help. <laughs> but it's been around for a while. It's the proven way to stay on the straight and narrow and, and get to where God is guiding you to be. Amen. I do have enough time. So, and the last part of this is prayer. I want to read you, I want to read Ephesians 6, 18 through 20 in the New Living Translation. I like New Living Translation sometimes because it's a little easier to understand when, when a lot of the words like supplications and all that kind of get involved. I, my brain kind of shuts off and I have a hard time understanding it. But he says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mystery and plan. That the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. See, we can put on the armor of God. But one of the main battlegrounds is prayer. So he says, pray for me. Pray for your brethren around the world. Pray for yourself. You know, supplications is asking for, is basically, means asking for things. And he said that multiple times. So it's okay to ask God for help. It's okay to, to ask him to intervene. So that's all the points that I really wanted to put, put forward today. Is that, you know, oh, you want to, Kim? The keys. <laughs> that's okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. Praise, praise God. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's so easy to just get caught up in everything that happens. You know, we're at the end of the school year. I don't know if you all have finals left. Are you done with finals? Yeah, done with finals? No? Oh, wow. Okay, so some people are done. Some aren't. 
But listen, I, I, I remember what it's like, you know, to, to, to be in school. I remember what it's like and still know what it's like to be reminded of silly little things that happen and all of a sudden it derail your entire day. I know what it's like to have people turn against you. And, you know, and it's not Glenn saying this, you know, it's all throughout scripture. It's all throughout the armor of God that when, when, when the, the attacks come, whether it be physical or whether it be spiritual, we could pick up our little teddy bear. For me, this being this ancient little Bible that my brother gave to me in 1984, and he didn't even realize how important it was going to be. He even covered it in tape for me to make sure that it never got busted up. And this has been with me for 38 years. And anything, any time that I've ever had something come at me, and any time that I've ever felt like I was going to get a beat, the Word of God helped me tighten that belt. It, 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 I put on the righteousness of Christ so that it would deflect those attacks from the enemy. The belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It didn't just happen because I picked up this little book. It happened because I opened it and I dug in and I found a verse that saved my life. It was one verse and it saved my life. I'm forgetting some feature of preparation got those for. <laughs> yeah, the, the helmet, the shield, the sword. And that, that, that verse from, that was actually from Psalms. That verse was my sword and it was my shield. And it prepared me. <laughs> and it was one, one verse. And now if you can get into that word and you can get tons of, of verses in you. Do you, can you comprehend, can you even comprehend the difference that you'll make? Pardon me. I knew this was going to happen. I'm a little emotional wreck. But just imagine what you can do now. Imagine what you can do in the future. Imagine, imagine if you took the time to just get right now, not waiting for the summer camp, took the time to get into your words now. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.